Hey everyone, uh, thank you for tuning in again to the Seeking Refuge podcast. And uh, man, it's a uh, it's a it's a Sunday evening this time. Getting a little bit late. Um, you'll notice that I have all different days of the week that I'll do my podcast on. I don't really do it on the same day every time because of my schedule. So uh, I just do it when I have time. And uh, so anyway, but um, it's good to be it's good to be back in the Bible. Good to be doing some extra studies and learning the Word of God, and I want to thank everyone for tuning in, and uh, also I've noticed, um, now I don't have any way of knowing who is, uh, who actually is listening to the podcast, and who isn't, uh, and all that, unless some, unless it's somebody I know personally that mentioned something to me, but I'm very encouraged, uh, it, um, the numbers of, of the amount of people that are, that are tuning in every week, and, and going through the Bible, and doing these Bible studies with me is, is growing, and that's, uh, that's humbling and encouraging, but I'm also excited about it, and uh, I just love to be in the Word of God. So you know, it's it's an important thing. Every Christian needs to be in the Bible, and I really hope that the studies that we're doing on this podcast are going to be used by God and also be very beneficial to those that listen in. So um, thank you, and thank you for tuning in. It means a bunch to me, and um, I hope that you're getting a blessing from these Bible studies and and that the Lord's speaking to you through these. Um, so anyway, uh, thanks for tuning in again, Seeking Refuge podcast, where we are seeking refuge from the world in God's unchanging word. Psalm 91, 2 says, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in Him will I trust. So, uh, we started a couple weeks ago on the season 2 on the fundamental Bible doctrines or fundamental Christian doctrines. These are, you know, the, the foundational principles of Christianity, things that we should all make an effort to learn and study out in the Bible um, because they'll help us in our Christian life. And uh, so we've done, so far, we've done the resurrection and uh, we've done justification. And today we're going to start one that I'm thinking is going to be, well, I know it's going to be at least two parts to it. But we're going to talk about the doctrine of sin in the Bible. And so this is not everyone's favorite topic to talk about and study about. Um, it usually comes with some conviction. It can get kind of heavy at times. Um, however, I think, you know, I'm all about naming sin. Like as a preacher, I think it's the preacher's job to call it out. It's the believer's job when they're called out, um, you know, to respond in a biblical way address the fact that we're all sinners and when we get called out about our sin it's time to repent and get right with God and give that thing over to the Lord and uh, part of the growing process as a Christian it can be kind of, it, it can become kind of uncomfortable but when we start addressing sin in our lives and we start giving that over to God so that we can uh, be more sanctified and, and just draw closer to Christ and, and live a more holy life and have a, a stronger testimony, you know, it, it is uncomfortable. I mean, I remember I got saved at 20, uh, 27 years old and had a lot of mess. I mean, I had a lot of junk, you know, the music I listened to, the entertainment I liked, the things that I was into, um, it was just a lot of garbage and it all had to go and God had to send people into my life to convince me of that. And, and so that process wasn't necessarily comfortable, but so this is the thing, this is what we're going to do with this series. So this is what I'm, a, what, what I've been studying on. 
Um, and it seems like some of this might be basic to somebody who's been in the Bible for a while. I think if you'll go through the study with me, you're going to find out that it's a little bit more in depth, even though it does, may not appear on surface level. When we get into this, it's like, wow, that is very, it's a very, very powerful study. And uh, so we're going to talk about what is sin, first of all. Um, we're going to talk about what the origin of sin is. We're going to talk about the characteristics of sin. We're going to talk about the fact that we're all born into sin and we're all born under sin. We're going to talk about the fact that sin excludes the sinner from heaven. And then we're going to talk about the wages of sin, the fact that sin must be punished, the fact that Christ was sinless, and then God's solution for sin. So that's what we're going to cover in this study on sin. And uh, man, it's an eye-opener. I really think we're going to enjoy this, studying this together. And I think I think God's going to use it, and He's going to be glorified by it. So let's pray, and then we'll get into this Bible study on sin. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this evening. Thank you for the podcast. Thank you for everyone that tunes in and listens and, and studies this these studies out with me. And uh, Lord, it, it really is an amazing thing. And uh, God, we're gonna we're gonna start a, a talk on sin. And uh, Lord, I've I've already been convicted by what I've studied. It's a convicting topic, and um, Lord, it can be a delicate topic. It can be a sensitive topic. It can also be one that that can cause offense in, in people sometimes if it's not handled correctly. So Lord. I just pray you give me wisdom and you put the words in my mouth and that everyone that listens will be blessed for doing the study and that you'll use it to get us closer to you, um, to get sin out of our life and to remove those things that hinder us as Christians. And and, and God, you know, maybe somebody's going to listen in and get convicted about sin for the first time and want to be saved, Lord, and we, we certainly ask that you'll talk to their heart and, and that somebody may come to know Christ as Savior through this Bible study, Lord. So we just ask that you'll bless from heaven, and um, thank you for the opportunity to do it. And uh, just just use me, Lord. Use the Bible study. Open up the scriptures to us tonight, and uh, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so let's uh, let's get into this on sin. So... Let's go to Romans chapter 3 real quick. Romans chapter 3. We'll start there, kind of the uh, key verse for the entire study, which we'll, we'll probably revisit Romans quite a bit. Uh, make sure you get a pen, get your notepad, because we're going to have an abundance of Scripture. I always say that or something close to that. I'm telling you tonight, it's going to be an abundance of Scripture. Alright, Romans chapter 3, um, let's, uh, let's start, I'm trying to think of where I want to start at, uh, you know, we'll just, we'll just do one verse here, let's just do three, Romans 3, verse 23, and, it, and, and many of us know this, you know, just off the top of our head, but it says, for all have sinned. And come short of the glory of God. All have sinned. I have sinned. Everyone listening to the podcast, you have sinned. Everybody we've ever known has sinned. Every man that has ever walked the face of this earth, except for one, has sinned. 
And uh, Jesus Christ is the only one that has never sinned. And uh, so let's 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 really just get into an in-depth look at sin in the Bible. So let's first ask this question: What is sin? I mean, what? How is it defined? How does the Bible define it? And 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 what what does God say about it? What is sin? So and, you know, there's a lot of different answers to that. There's a lot of right answers for it. It's hard to think that anyone could come up with a wrong answer for it, but, uh, you know, so there's a lot of different ways. You probably have a definition in your mind right now, and that's okay. We're just, let's go through some Bible scripture. First one, let's go to Deuteronomy. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 9. We're looking at what is sin. Deuteronomy chapter 9. And look at verse 7. Um, God was talking, uh, through Moses to Israel. God was given, given Moses the, um, rebuke and everything to give to Israel. And, and God said this to Israel. That was his chosen nation. If you remember, it says, remember and forget not how thou provokest the Lord thy God to wrath in the wilderness from the day that thou didst depart out of the land of Egypt until ye came unto this place, ye have been rebellious against the Lord. So what is sin? Sin is the act of provoking God. Sin is the act of rebelling against God. And here, God tells Israel, Don't you forget how you provoked me to wrath in the wilderness. And, um... He says that their provocation towards God was their rebellion against the Lord. So if you're rebelling against God, you're in sin. You're provoking God. And, and so and so check this out. I'll, I'll let you know. What did Israel do to provoke God? This is what they did. After everything that God had done for them and after every miracle he had showed them and after he had provided them with such a great a deliverance, they got into the wilderness and then they acted in unbelief. They complained, they murmured, they lacked faith, they doubted, they had unbelief, they provoked God. Unbelief is a, is provoking God. And especially considering God had showed them so many miracles and so many amazing things and provided them with such an amazing deliverance that for them to throw it in God's face and not believe after that, I mean, it was like the ultimate act of rebellion, right? Well, God sent his son Jesus into the world who was crucified on a cross, put in a tomb, rose the third day, seen of many witnesses, has ascended into heaven, has been testified about and preached for thousands of years. God has proven that his word is correct. He has showed us miracles. He has done amazing things. He has provided the greatest deliverance, deliverance from sin, and yet man still rebels against God and provokes God with their unbelief. Not much has changed. Um, let's go to one more verse here on this. What is sin? Let's look at Proverbs. Let's go to Proverbs for a second. Chapter 24. Proverbs 24. Let's look at verse 9. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 9 reads this, The thought of foolishness is sin, and the scorner is an abomination to men. 
Wow, now that's convicting. The very thought of foolishness is sin. In other words, and, and we've heard this before, how many people have said this or thought this or even taught this? Well, if it's just something I think but I don't act on or do, then I haven't sinned. That's not what this says. This says that the very thought of foolishness is sin. In other words, we sin in our thought life, the things that we allow ourselves to think. And I believe the Bible does tell us, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. In other words, we're supposed to think like Jesus thought. Now, how is that even possible? Well, it's not going to happen if we're not in the Word of God. So, it's not going to happen if we're not in prayer. It's not going to happen if we're not fellowshipping with other believers and we're not going to church. I mean, for us to have the mind of Christ, we're going to have to be Christ-like. And for us to take on that nature, we've got to be serious about it. And... The Bible clearly tells us to be spiritually minded is life, but to be carnally minded is death. God does not want us to have a carnal mind, but the only way we can have a spiritual mind and not be carnally minded is if we're feeding our spirit the things of God. If we're not doing that, the things of the world are getting in and it's causing sin to come about in our life. So the very thought of foolishness is sin. And so if we're dealing with somebody that doesn't know Christ at all, hasn't gotten saved, and but thinks that they're okay or they haven't done you know I haven't done anything wrong I've never heard anybody you've thought something sooner or later that you know is wrong to think well that's sin to God and so that's that's a sin um let's look at this Romans chapter 14 Romans chapter 14 uh, look at verse 23. 14.23 reads this, And he that doubteth is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Now that last part, that's what I'm keying in on here. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. And somebody's will say, well, why don't you explain the rest of it to us? Because that is... That That is uh, something I'm interested to know. What exactly is he talking about? He that eateth and eat not and everything else. Um, you know, that's basically Paul is addressing an issue that had to do with godly Jews and Gentile Christians. And, you know, certain things offend certain people. And and so he was teaching on, on the issue of grace um, with, with the fact that, you know, we should be mindful of what is offensive to others and and then and then do our best to be sensitive to their needs and not be a stumbling block to them but also in that is the understanding that if somebody is going to to eat certain things that at one time had been uh you know abolished from you know they had a lot of dietary regulations the Jew the Jews the Jewish people did so you know um in context, he was going into the fact that, um, you know, that they may be weak um, it, it, as far as not having come to that point in their faith that allows them to freely eat the things that they used to not be, be allowed to eat. And, you know, he was telling them that if you're going to do it, do it in faith. If you're doing it not in faith then, and you're, you're doubting God in what you're doing while you're doing it, then you know, he's saying that was, that was, that was not what God wanted. So, um, but in context of how it applies to what I'm teaching tonight, 
you know, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. And so, um, man, that's something to ask ourselves when we're doing things. Are we doing it in faith? Are we doing it for some other reason? Um, man, you could take off on a sermon on that. You know, whatever is not of faith is sin. Let me put it this way. If you're doing things as a Christian because you feel obligated to do it, that's not doing it in faith. That's doing it out of obligation. If you feel like there's things you have to do in order to please a pastor, I have to do this or so-and-so won't be happy with me. If there's things that you feel like you have to do in order to be right with God, that's actually sin. You've just turned that into sin because it's not you're not doing that of faith. Does that make sense? Um, now we have responsibilities and, and sometimes those are obligations and sometimes, um, you, you know, sometimes we don't want, we don't want to do the things that we're supposed to do. So, but we do them anyway. Now I want to say this, when you get up on a Sunday morning, something's been going on or you didn't get much sleep, whatever, and you don't feel like going to church, going to church anyway, out of obligation, that is not the sin. The sin is the lack of willingness. And, and, and the fact of the matter is, only Christ had perfect willingness to do the will of God at all times. He had that perfect will, willfulness to do it because we don't. All right, so we're human beings, we're flesh. I mean, he, Jesus even said, the, the, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. We accept the fact, whatever is not of faith is sin. Thomas said, Lord, help my unbelief. As regular humans, as regular people, we're going to struggle with our flesh. All right. Um, and, and we're going to struggle with that issue of whatever is not of faith is sin. And so that's very convicting. The thought of foolishness of sin is sin, provoking God, rebelling against God is sin. Whatever is not of faith is sin. Here's another good one, James chapter 4. Go to James chapter 4. I hear my little one coming up the stairs. He caught me last week. I think he's going to get me again. James chapter 4 verse 17 says this, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. So when you know what to do, but you choose not to do it, you, you've sinned. That's a sin as well. Knowing to do good, but doing it not. Um, we'll keep going. These are good. This is, this is just good Bible explaining sin to us, isn't it? 1 John chapter 3, verse 4 says, Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. So transgressing the law of sin. Look over a couple more chapters. Chapter 5, verse 17 says, All unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin, uh, and there is a sin not unto death. So all unrighteousness is sin. Provoking God is sin. Rebelling against God is sin. The thought of foolishness is, is sin. Whatever is not of faith is sin. Knowing to do good, but not doing it, but or doing it not, that is sin transgressing the law, and all unrighteousness. That's the Bible's definition. That's how it's defined. What is sin? Sin is all those things. 
Does that make it easier to understand why the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God? It's very easy to look at these things and say, I have definitely done and not done, you know, not done the things I know I'm supposed to do and have done everything on this list. So we all have sinned. None of us are better than the person next to us. Okay. Um, so the next part of this is what is the origin of sin? Uh, and let's just go back to the garden. Um, Genesis chapter three. pages sticking together and straight to the front to the table of contents there uh, Genesis chapter 3 and look at verses 6 and 7 um, this is the fall of man in the garden man was created perfect or really I should say man was created innocent I'm not going to say perfect he was created innocent um, and and then and then sin came in and this is how this is the origin of it and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. So there's, there's the origin of sin the beginning of it in the bible eve was tempted of satan and then she gave in and then adam decided he was going with her and you know there's a lot of clever things that i've heard about well why do you think adam did this and why do you think you know why do you think adam sinned too and realize adam was the man and adam is the head all right so we need to understand the man is the head of the household that's the way that that's the the that's the divine order for things. And so, you know, I don't think, you know, Satan knew that the woman was the weaker vessel. Satan knew he was going to Eve to tempt her. How did he tempt her? He challenged her knowledge of the word of God. She added to the word of God. Satan exploited that and challenged her conviction level on it and presented something to her. And the thing about it is... Adam, he bit on the same temptation that Eve did, but in this sense, this is the way I look at it, Eve took the bait that Satan had given to her about if she would eat this fruit, she would be as a god, knowing the difference between good and evil. So when she ate, the reason I think Adam ate is because Adam was the one that understood the divine order. And how is Adam going to be the head and going to be the leader if his wife just eats of a fruit that makes her as a god and he doesn't? So he, I think part of him said, oh no, I'm not about to serve her. She's not about to be a god over me. And he ate too. Basically, if she's going, I'm going with her. Um, I'm not going to let her have some knowledge of things that I don't have or let her do things that I can't do. Um, that's my take on it, but there's a lot. There's a lot of them. I mean, there's, you know, there's, there, there's, and none of them are wrong because we have to stick to what the Bible actually tells us. 
what we know for a fact is Eve ate the fruit and the Bible's very clear the origin of sin why did she eat it it was pleasant to the eyes she desired it that it was desired to make one wise she took of the fruit and she ate and then she gave it to her husband there's how sin entered in and we all have a sin nature but it but it's it's important to understand that when when it comes down for us addressing our need for Christ as our savior from our sin you cannot just use the fact that you have a sin nature as an excuse for your sin. It's not just, well, I, I, I know I have a sin nature, Lord, and I need I want your forgiveness. You need to understand that you as an individual have personally made the decision to transgress God in some way, and you have angered God. And that means that the wrath of God will come against your sin. And there is a punishment for sin, and we'll get to that later. And you need to know that Christ took that punishment for you. And if you'll believe on Him, you can have eternal forgiveness. But if you don't accept the sacrifice of Christ in your place, then God's wrath for your sin will be executed upon you at some point. And, and that, is, that is hell. If we die lost in our sins, we will die and be put in hell. And um, we don't want that. So it's important to have that understanding. But let's, uh, let's look. What is the origin of sin? We know Adam and Eve were tempted of Satan, gave in, ate of the fruit. Let's look deeper. Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15 verse 19. Matthew chapter 15, verse 19, <clears throat> reads this, For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, and blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. Um, you see that? Out of our own heart. What is the origin of sin? Adam and Eve, but out of our own heart. There's a verse in Jeremiah that says that the heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. Who can know it? We have a deceit, a deceitful heart, and oftentimes we have a deceived heart, and from out of our own corrupted heart comes sin in our lives. Let's go to John chapter 8. John chapter 8, verse 44 says, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth. Because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. For he is a liar and the father of it. Clearly Satan is the origin of sin. He's the father of lies. He's the prime deceiver. He deceives people. He's deceived uh, many people. And when we're in sin, we're living in deception. And um, there's a rejection of truth involved with it. He rejected the truth. Those that are in sin at that point in time are living in rejection to the truth. Our actions can show our rejection of the truth. And uh, that's why the Bible says "But the truth can, can make you free. And um, not just set you free, but make you free. You can be free indeed through Jesus Christ, who is the truth. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No man can cometh unto the Father but by him. But I think that this is, uh, this is good too in this verse here. 
because I, I get kind of tired myself of hearing people say, well, we're all the children of God. No, we were all created by God, but you need to understand when you're lost and you're in sin and you haven't been saved, you are not a child of God. You are of the Father, the devil, and the lust of your Father ye will do. You're a sinner and you are doing sin and you are angering God. And, and, and God's, you know... A friendship with the world is enmity with God. You can't have your sin and have God at the same time. You have to repent and believe in Jesus Christ. The origin of sin is Satan. The origin of sin is out of our own heart, our own sin nature. The origin of sin was Adam and Eve, where the first sin took place in the garden. The first time that the truth was rejected. The first time that man rebelled and provoked. The first time was Adam and Eve. And uh, it's just continued to occur through generation to generation since then uh we'll look at a little bit deeper on adam's sin look at romans chapter 5 this will put a good emphasis on it genesis chapter 5 look at verse 12 says wherefore is by one man's sin entered into the world and death by sin and so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned um because of adam's sin Death entered into the world. The reason everyone must die at some point in time is because of the sin nature in the flesh. Okay, um, a little bit further here, First John chapter three eight. First John chapter three, verse eight says, "He that committeth sin is of the devil." For the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Thank God for that. Amen. Um, we've already kind of gone long on, on this, but I want to go a little bit further. We've talked about the origin of sin. We've talked about what sin is. The last part for this evening, let's quickly go through what the characteristics of sin are and... Uh, and there's a reason we should study this, that we, we need to know what we're up against. We need to know what our enemy is about. We need, to, we need to learn more about it so we know how to fight against it. And can I tell you this? Satan is putting the time in tonight to study us. Satan puts the time in to find out what our weaknesses are, what our vulnerabilities are, where our frailties are at. He wants to know how to get us to sin. We need to know what his devices are so that we know how to stand against it and not take that bait not not fall for what satan's up to amen so let's look at uh let's look at proverbs we got quite a few of them in proverbs tonight um characteristics of sin go to proverbs 14 and i'll try to work through these quickly proverbs 14 verse 34 says righteousness exalteth a nation but sin is a reproach to any people there's your first characteristic sin is a reproach proverbs 15:9 reads that the way of the wicked is an abomination unto the lord but he loveth him that followeth after righteousness sin is an abomination sin is a reproach sin is an abomination look at proverbs chapter 30 verse 12 Proverbs 30, verse 12 reads that there is a generation that are pure in their own eyes and yet is not washed from their filthiness. 
Um, it convinces the participant that it's okay. There's people that feel justified in their wrongdoing. They've convinced themselves it's okay for them to do what they're doing. They consider themselves pure in their own eyes, but they're not washed from their filthiness. What they're doing is wrong with God, and they're not clean at all. Um, Isaiah 59, verse 3. 59.3, Isaiah. says, For your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue hath muttered perverseness. I said, well, preacher, what's that about? Um, our mouth speaks it, and our hands behold it. It's a characteristic of sin. It comes out of our mouth. Our hands are quick to go to it. Mischief. Um, another way of looking at that is, we find our way to wandering into the situation that causes us to sin. We need to keep the things that can entice us into sin away from us. And um, one thing that I've learned that every Christian needs to learn is this. Um, what we put in ourselves is going to have an impact on what comes out of us in our life. I, I go by the saying, garbage in garbage out. If you're feeding yourself carnal stuff that's worldly, you're going to have carnal life that's worldly. If you're feeding yourself spiritual stuff that's godly, you're going to have a more spiritual life that's godly. It's, it's really that simple. Um, but watch what we're saying, watch what we're speaking, and uh, watch what we're putting our hands to do because our mouth speaks it and our hands are defiled by it. Amen. Um, let's look at this. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 11. And we're almost done for this evening. Ephesians 5, verse 11. Says this, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Sin is darkness, and sin is unfruitful. God says that it is not fruitful, and that it is dark. Alright? Um, what does the Bible say? Men loved darkness rather than light. When the light came into the world, but men rejected the light. Why? They loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Um, and the unfruitful works. Uh, Jesus taught that a good tree bringeth forth not corrupt fruit, and a corrupt tree bringeth forth not good fruit. Um, we don't want to be unfruitful, so we want to keep the sin out of our lives. Amen. Look at uh, Hebrews chapter 3. We'll keep on going. Hebrews chapter 3. Verse 13. But exhort one another daily why it is still, or why while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. So we find here that sin is hardness. It causes the hardness of the heart. It's deceitful. Got one more here. Go to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, which reads, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. It weighs us down and it besets us. All right, so it, it it's hardness of the heart. It's deceitful. It weighs us down 
and it and it besets us and let me break this down first sin affects the heart second sin affects the mind third sin affects the body do you see that order there um, it's darkness it's unfruitful it causes the hardness of the heart it's deceitful this being deceived is your thoughts so first it affects your heart it hardens it then it affects your mind you're deceived then it affects your body you're weighed down um, and by the way your body can begin to suffer malady because of sin. In other words, your physical health can be affected by it. So, um, it's important that we respond appropriately to God about that because we don't want to have those physical um, side effects of that, right? So, we want to get it before it, it does these things in our lives. So, let's look. i got one more verse here. Go to James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verse 13 and through 15 says this, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither tempteth he any man, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived... It bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. So, let me just look at these verses. One, God is not tempting any man, for he's not tempted with evil. Every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Where does that lust dwell? In the heart. And when he's enticed and drawn away... He sins, when that lust is conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. It's impossible to be entangled in sin for it not to kill something. Um, it's going to take something away from you. It's going to render something unuseful or dead, and um, <clears throat> it can wreck your faith. It can, really, it can really do a lot of damage. So, here's the thing kind of the end of both parts of the study on sin is a discussion about God's solution for sin. But because we've talked so extensively about it already, I mean, what have we learned tonight? Sin is provoking God. It's rebelling against God. Maybe you feel that you've been doing that in your life. Um, sin is the very thought of foolishness. Maybe you're thinking, man, I've thought a lot of things that were foolish. Sin is whatever is not of faith. Maybe you're, you've thought, Tonight, there's a lot of things that I've done not in faith. And sometimes we do things with good intentions, thinking that we're pleasing God, but if we're doing them out of responsibility and obligation without the faith, it's, it's, it's the reason that is sin is because we're developing a sense of justification through our works instead of through the finished work of Christ. James 4.17, uh, again, knowing to do good but doing it not, that's sin transgressing the law, and all unrighteousness. We learned tonight about the origin of sin, that Eve and Adam tempted in the garden. Sin is comes out of our own heart. Satan, the father of lies, lies and Adam, who, you know, by one man, sin entered into the world and death by sin. And then we went into the characteristics of it. It's a reproach. It's an abomination. Um, it convinces the person that's doing it that it's okay to do. 
Um, it comes from our mouth. Our hands are involved. You know, we, we've, we're, we're, we're involved in it physically. It's darkness. It's unfruitful. It causes the hardness of our heart. It deceives us. It weighs us down. It besets us. And it can affect our physical health. And sin is all about... Um, it starts with uh, the lust in our own heart. We're drawn away of our own lust and enticed. And when lust is conceived, it brings forth sin. So if you've heard things in this study that's making you think, I want to know about the solution for sin now, I just want to give you this tonight and we'll retouch it next week. But I don't want to leave you without it in case you're feeling the need to, to hear this. And um, the solution for sin is the redeeming blood of Jesus Christ. Will you look at just two more verses with me tonight? Go to John chapter 1, and I'll read it to you. John chapter 1, verse 29. <clears throat> the next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him, and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Ephesians 1 7. Ephesians 1 7 says, uh, well, let's look here. Hold on. Let me start at 6. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. He's talking about Jesus Christ. We'll, we'll go back, look at, we'll, we'll look at verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Sin makes us not acceptable to God, but Jesus Christ makes us accepted in the beloved. Amen. And, you know, it just... The Bible's so full of everything that points to Christ talking about us being redeemed through His blood. But I can tell you this this evening. If you know that your sin has separated you from God, if you know your sin has angered God, if you know that you haven't been forgiven for your sins, would you pray tonight, Lord Jesus, I know that I've sinned. I know I'm a sinner. And I know I need your solution for sin. I know I need to be uh, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb that you sent, your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. Just pray, Lord Jesus, forgive my sins and save me, Lord. And it's that's it's 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 the prayer that has to come from your heart. It's not a special choice of words that some guy on his podcast tells you to say is not what's going to save you from your sin. It's your faith in Jesus Christ. It's you calling out to Jesus saying, Lord, save me. I'm a sinner, and I repent. I want a relationship with you. I want to live for you. I want forgiveness. I want eternal life. I want salvation. And you have that talk with God, and 
Jesus has never withheld salvation from the sinner who with a repentant heart calls out unto the Lord, Lord, save me. Um, Whosoever calleth on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And that's Bible. So I hope you've gotten what you need tonight. I hope that this has been a good Bible study. We're going to do part two of it next week. And um, I hope if you've been convicted of sin in your life, that you've prayed for the forgiveness of that sin. And uh, we're just going to pray together real quick and we'll close out. Lord, I thank you for the podcast. I thank you for the study on sin. And Lord, um, you know, we all we all have something. We all have our failures, Lord. And uh, we've all come short of the glory of God in some way. And uh, Lord, I'm bringing mine to you tonight. And I hope other people are too. And just laying it down and saying, Lord, I'm struggling with this and this and this and you know my heart lord and you know what it is and and the things that i deal with and you know every person that's listened in tonight or that will be listening in in the future you know our you know our uprising and our downsitting lord you know the best about us and you know the worst about us and we can't keep any secrets from you lord because you already know us we just come before you tonight lord giving it to you asking for your forgiveness asking for your help and asking for strength lord because we want to have victory, Lord, and we thank you for the cleansing and redeeming power that's in the blood of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who, who sacrificed himself at Calvary for us, Lord, so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be free, and so that we could be born again and live that new life in him for you. Lord, we just ask that you'll bless, Lord, and um, meet those needs, and um, God help us live for you this week. And until we can get back and do the study again next week, Lord, we need you. We love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you next time on the Seeking Refuge podcast.